Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is 2019 NRL Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, as always, Timmy. Um, super excited for tomorrow night's game, obviously. Um, I think the Blues will bring the pain to Queensland this year, unfortunately, for our Queensland listeners out there. I think you're in for a world of hurt this series. Uh, Tommy Turbo is going to be attacking those high Nathan Cleary bombs. It's going to be a whitewash, I say. Mate, that is the spirit we want to hear as Blues fans over here, mate. I, I don't know what's going to happen. There are so many things to, that have been thrown up. Uh, particularly, I think what makes it tougher is is the, the uncertainty around the injuries around a lot of Queensland, Stark or Tet, Harry Grant, uh, Cameron Munsters, these sorts of guys. Desi, mate, we're talking a little bit off air before you, you're thinking of whitewash. A big 3 0. Yeah, I just don't see Queensland putting up a, a fight without uh, KP at the back there. I think Turbo attacking those. Those high balls is just going to be too much to handle, and and Teddy just we're going to have two roving fullbacks. We should be able to tear them apart, I'd say. Mm, mate, I was looking at a few extended highlights of 2019 State of Origin Game Two just before over in Perth, and Tommy and Teddy just put on an absolute clinic. That was bloody outstanding to watch, mate. How's the Supercoach side looking? How'd you how'd you get through the first major bye week? Yeah, I mean, I, I managed a respectable 730-odd, which wasn't great, but I only had 10 players. Um, so I thought it was pretty decent considering that amount of players. Uh, I had the captain on Hines over Gotho, unfortunately. Um, so that would have bumped me up to the 800 or so point mark. But yeah, not too unhappy um, considering I didn't really stack up for this buy round as much as um, the rest of you boys did. But yeah, I, I fell... 1500 or so spots but yeah i'm still sort of inside that top um three four thousand um which i'm pretty content with leading into the second buy round which i think i'll probably hit a bit harder than the first buy round mm. but yeah i think the next four weeks will just do or die for a lot of teams uh especially with rumors of players getting rested after state of origin already circulating um with the penrith team list obviously a bit suspect for sure, mate. We've uh, we've said all year about how you're going to need depth in your squad this year if you, if you saved up trades. And, you know, I think if you're in the top 5,000, you know, if you're in the latter end of that top 5,000, there's a lot of work to do. But I think you're in the hunt because there's going to be a lot of sides that are short in the back end of the year. Uh, there might be sides short this week, depending on who does and doesn't back up from origin. The team list didn't help us out too much, to be fair. The Mighty Kuma Stallions, 937 points last week, into 1,500th overall. So we're making a charge uh, on a little bit of a rise in Supercoach and hopefully sneak into that top 1,000 before too long. Plays pretty well throughout the buys. Uh, the shout-out to, to Stefano Utakamanu for one of the greatest junk time tries in Supercoach history. Absolutely timely from the big fella scoring for the Tigers against the Panthers there uh, to round out their game in round 13. Uh, also backflipped late. It's been a bit of a theme in recent weeks. I often backflip from the Tuesday podcast to, to sort of Thursday afternoon, but end up going King Gutho into my team for Tommy Chaboyevich. Uh, Gutho went really well for me and threw him down a skipper as well. Brought in Reed Marnie, which was a good trade at the time for Simpkin. However, he's been injured and looks like he might miss a few weeks as well. So regardless, looking all right for the Stallions at the moment. Quick update on our great mate, Walson Carlos, the NRL guru himself. Knows his footy pretty well, that fella. Uh, Walson's coaching a junior footy side on Tuesday night when we record the podcast, so unfortunately hasn't been to come on, but we'll get him back on pretty soon. The spy into 194th overall, Stevie Hevener, self-proclaimed Supercoach draft expert, 1147 last week. He's into the top 700 of uh, overall of classic Supercoach, so some good form from the SC Playbook crew. Guys, just while I'm at it, I'm jumping on SEN Radio from 2 to 3 p.m. tomorrow to talk Origin, non-Supercoach related, which is a rarity. I'll have to uh, dust off the shelf and, and touch on the knowledge there, see how that goes. If you are interested in listening, jump onto that tomorrow, 2 to 3 p.m. And lastly, another shout-out to our unlimited group, our top three overall uh, in our group, are the top three overall in NRL Supercoach, Simply Red, coached by Steve, leads the charge in first place overall. Uh, guys, if you're keen on jumping into that group, this is the last week before you'll become ineligible for prizes. The code is 784. 
746. For the top-ranked subscriber to, to win that group by the end of the season, wins a fully signed Raiders 2021 jumper or team jumper of choice, plus two tickets to an NRL game of choice in 2022, plus food and drinks. Highest-ranked non-subscriber, two tickets to an NRL game of choice next season with a food and drinks package as well. Desi, let's dive into the key Supergoats team news for the week, uh, and there is a lot of it. I will touch on as well. Uh, Nick Moon was empty on us, meant to be with us on the podcast this week. Some late technical difficulties has him ruled out of this week's show. Desi, uh, no shoe start and no Curtis Sirenum once again for your beloved Manly Seagulls. That means Carl Lawton starts again in the back row at around about 340k, and he's been pretty popular this week, but... Mate, there's got to be a, bit, a few job security issues there with, with four and back at 5'8", and Schuster surely to come back in the back row. Yeah, no, I, I probably wouldn't be touching him. If if you had Schuster, I'd probably just be holding him because he's going to be probably a pretty good buy number for that uh, round 17, I'd say. So I probably wouldn't be going early on guys like Lawton. Uh, definitely a wait and see for me. Yeah, I'm a little bit the same, mate. I I mean, I can see the appeal in him, but you know he's pretty awkwardly priced at that three forty k mark. The issue is as well. I mean, when Schuster Schuster's due back as soon as next week, uh, Sirenen, I don't believe he's too far away either. Uh, at full strength, Schuster plays eighty minutes in the back row. Jake Chaboy, which we know, plays eighty minutes in the back row, as does Curtis Sirenen. Although Sirenen hasn't played much footy this year, I just question the minutes for Lawton there. And I mean, the big one for Lawton will be round seventeen, which is where potential new owners will. We'll need him to score well for them. So uh, I just tread a little bit carefully with Lawton. Uh, you know, I may be wrong. He may go out to 550K, play 80 minutes in round 17, but I do think there are a few red flags there. Mate, another one up at the Cowboys, Helam Lukey, a, a potential cheapie for this week with round 17 coverage, has been dropped by the Cowboys. Apparently, he, he wasn't up to club standards in the past 10 days was the quote out of the club. So... Not necessarily a formulated drop, but it doesn't mean we don't have to worry about him as a potential cheapie this week, and he may loom as a cheapie in coming weeks. Uh, at the Panthers, Desi, mate, their entire side, Origin contingent, have been named on the extended bench, uh, so not in the starting lineup. Mate, two days after Origin, you're expecting these guys, your Nathan Clears, your Jerome Lewis, Kurt Capels, etc., to be backing up from Origin? Um, I think some of them will. Uh, I don't think... All of them will. I don't think they'll all sit out either. I think Penrith know that they need a couple of those guys in there. Um, after last week losing to the Tigers, it's quite obvious that they're pretty crucial to winning games. So I think they'll want the two points um, against the Sharks, I think it is. So I think that'll be a tough matchup. Um, Sean Johnson can get the Sharks going. Ramian's looking good. So, yeah, I think Penrith, they'll, they'll slip in two or three of their origin players, I'd say. Yeah, I'm a bit with you, mate. I mean, obviously, it all depends on how they come out of Origin 1 uh, up in Townsville. But, I mean, I can't see them backing up all of them. But you don't really know what Penrith are going to do in Ivan Cleary. We said the same sort of in the back end of last year, and they just named them all anyway. So, interesting to see what happens in that one. A few other ones to touch on. Greg Marzu, formerly Greg Lalesio, one of the, the most highly anticipated Supercoach debuts in a long time uh, on the weekend on the wing for the Titans. He's been named to play again this weekend. Punched out, I think, mid-80s on the weekend. So while the Titans don't play around 17, a potential massive cheapie for us next week. I wouldn't be jumping on early this week. No Joseph Suwali at the moment. He's in the extended squad for the Roosters. Uh, his availability will hinge on whether James Tedesco backs up from origin. He has his first price rise after his ne- whenever his next game is played. So keep a trade up your sleeve in case Teddy does miss out on that one. I know Desi, you're an owner anyway. At the Bunnies. They're going to become hot property over the next month or so of footy with a dream draw, which we'll get to later. No Dane Gagai named to back up for the Bunnies or Jai Arrow. The rest of the Bunnies contingent have been named for the time being. Mate, at the Broncos, special K, Carmichael Hunt back in the NRL at 5'8". Jermaine Asako dropped, all happening up at the Bronx, Desi. Yeah, I wouldn't be jumping on Carmichael, uh, I'll put it that way. But yeah, it's, it's good to see him back. We'll, we'll see how he goes. Uh, I don't think he'll be too super coach relevant there. Yeah, and down at the Canberra Raiders, struggling indeed, but due to come good. Another club with a good run over the next month, uh, if they can turn the table a little bit with a bit of form. Bailey Simonson moves to fullback uh, pretty well for the first time at the club. I know before he signed with the Raiders, it might have been what, about 18 months, t- two years ago now, there was that preseason where they were down a fullback. Jackie White moved, the sh- shifted uh, to the halves for the first time officially. Now looking for the, his successor at fullback, and... They were training Michael Oldfield there. They signed Bailey Simonson. 
They were training him there, and it wasn't until Charles Nickel Clockstab was signed late in the preseason from the Warriors, killed a preseason trial down in Bega against the Bulldogs, uh, that Simonson was actually shafted to the wing, and Charles obviously made a home at fullback for himself. So really interested to see how badly Simonson goes, and anyone who held on to him, myself included, worth a look to see how he goes because you know he's not worth much. He, he has very poor base in Supercoach, but at fullback, if he can uh, jag a bit of money for us and be an extra number in round 17, could be very handy, uh, although it might be another case of Charlie Staines who, who flops on the big bye week for us. Uh, and just lastly, at the Melbourne Storm, they've named all their origin contingent to back up as well with Brandon Smith at hooker and Harry Grant on the bench. Uh, so again, with all this team news, it's all just a wait and watch from origin because it's just going to shake things up completely. Guys, we have dropped our prices in our NRL Supercoach uh, playbook subscription package for the rest of the season. We're at the halfway mark of the season, so $20 for the NRL package if you are interested in that. Uh, access to extra content throughout the week and our subscriber special question and answer podcast each week. Jump onto that if you're keen. Uh, Desi, a quick little chat about round 17 uh, because the focus now shifts on getting rid of those round 13 players like Lenyu, Utakamanu, et cetera, et cetera, out of your team, changes to round 17, but at the same time, there's a lot of guns on the radar like Fafida, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, if and when he comes back from injury before then, that won't be playing round 17 due to origin or the bye, uh, but look like they're going to be pretty key buyers. So, mate, how focused are you on numbers for round 17 or will you be bypassing certain buy-relevant players for these guns? Yeah, I think the only exception I could make to trading in non-round 17 players at this point for me where I'm ranked and how many trades I have left is for David Fafita. Um, he's just so far above everyone else at second row forward this year with, that makes him sort of critical to having your 17 each week. Um, you mentioned guys like Pappenhausen and Harry Grant, obviously um, keepers and guns as well, but they have injury clouds over them. Uh, whereas Fafita is just fighting fit and single-handedly sort of decimating defences by himself right now. He doesn't rely on anyone else. So, um, And there's also the fact that you can attack this second buy round with a lot more conviction in your trades um, because you know who's playing State of Origin and who might be rested and whatnot. So for me, over the next few weeks, I'll just be looking to trade in only round 17 players bar Fafita um, and hopefully players also that you can keep till the end, sort of like your Cody Walkers, your Tohu Harris, your Alex Johnsons, those those sort of players is who I'll be initially looking to bring in this week. Um, I know a lot of people are preferring the sort of round 13 buy for potential keepers as opposed to round 17 buy. But I actually think that this round 17 buy just has just as many sort of potential keepers, um, if not more, to choose from, um, plus a few fringe players that you can keep around for depth after the buy as well. Um, so, yeah, personally, I'll be just using my trades on quality round 17 buy players. Um, and I think I already have a bit of a head start, maybe three or four more round 17 players over most teams um, since I sort of decided to neglect the round 13 buy and focus on the second one. So, yeah, we'll see how that strategy pans out for me. Yeah, interesting ploy, mate. And then, as you said, there'll be a lot of people in the boat who had pretty sad old weeks this week. But, uh, I mean, it's important to know that not everyone, but a lot of people in that position, like yourself, who, well, I mean, you had a pretty good week, but not with a lot of players. You should be a little bit better placed than most of those who went big this week. Um, mate, I'm I'm taking a similar approach, but I'll probably focus a little bit more on those keepers for the end of season. David Fafita's obviously won, not this week, not needed this week, particularly the fact that, uh, he'll have the three-day backup after Origin. So, look, the Titans aren't going well enough to try and sit him. So if he gets through Origin unscathed, I expect him to play close to 80 minutes. Uh, you know, maybe even at 65 or 70, he gets a bit of a spell. He's 802K with a break-even of 126. Really tough matchup against the Roosters this week. So he'll be waiting at least a week or two for me. But he's a guy I'll be looking to get in who won't play around 17. Harry Grant's another one where, if again, he gets through Origin unscathed, Gets through this weekend unscathed that I'm tempted to just bite the bullet on despite his lack of round 17 coverage. We've got 11 trades between now and round 17. I'm looking, I mean, lots of things can change, but at using nine of 11 trades in that time, which would leave me with, I'd have saved five trades uh, at the conclusion of round 17. Um, so, that I mean, that's how I'm sitting at the moment. Probably maybe focus a little bit more on guns till the end rather than round 17 players, but... We do get the super 
trade week between rounds 15 and 16, I believe it is, where we get five trades. I'll be looking to use four trades up until that point and then saving two or three in that super trade week because uh, no lunatic needs five trades in a week, no matter how dire <laughs> the situation is. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, just a little bit of food for thought there on, on how you do approach it. Again, as usual, no right or wrong answer, uh, but worth having a look at. Desi, let's jump into the hot topics of the week. And the first one is, I don't believe you brought him in. I did, but Reid Marnie, he just was like the buy of the week by so far for me, I think. He bottomed out as a genuine season-long keeper, uh, scored really well, looked terrific in a really good Eels side, now injured. Mate, did you jump on and, you know, provided he misses, it looks like maybe two or three weeks, would you be holding or selling Reid Marnie? Um, I'd probably be thinking of selling him. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I went for the cheese instead. I was really close to going Marnie. Like you said, he, he probably is a keeper. Um, so I don't mind selling or holding him. It's it's really, like, depends on the, the rest of your team, how many trades left you have, et cetera. But, yeah, I... <laughs> It, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's you got a bit unlucky with that one, but I'd I'd probably have to sell him if I was in your mm. position. Yeah, I'll pending Harry Grant. I'd I'd like to. I don't think there's much between Marnie and Jaden Braley, uh, but I think uh, he, Marnie does have the edge over him. So if we can just run with uh, Braley for another week or two, and then I can actually flip Brandon Smith to hooker and just hold Reed Marnie there, and hopefully. Flip him and then maybe flip Brandon Smith back and get Harry Grant in for Braley. There's a few options, but pending further news, which we'll hopefully get during the week on how long Marnie's out for, I'm looking to hold. But again, it will depend on how your team's set up. So I certainly won't begrudge anyone for getting rid of him this week if they need to. Mate, on Brandon Smith, uh, turned up two weeks ago, 75-odd last week. Harry Grant back this week, pending origin off the bench. Brandon Smith, what is he? He's gone well over 600K now. When Harry Grant comes back into the team in his usual usual starting role, Brandon Smith goes back to his roving sort of lock role. I see Brandon Smith going back to being a sort of 55, 60 averaging player um, in those probably 55 to 60 minutes as well, which is his regular role. Matt, would you still be buying Brandon Smith at the price at the moment or do you think the ship sailed on him? Uh, I don't think 600K is too expensive. I mean, you could argue either way on this one because he's, he only really needs fifty to sixty minutes. He's just so dangerous. He, yeah, he can score out of uh, out of dummy half anywhere. Pretty much, um, just has that ability to find the try line. So I think six hundred k. If it was seven hundred, you'd say yeah, probably overpriced. But six hundred, yeah, he's probably still a buy. I'm not too. I wouldn't be too concerned about Harry. Um, on fifty to sixty minutes, he's still he's still going to score seventy, eighty points most weeks. I'd say. Mm. Mate, TC Rabadi, the big man from the Broncos, scored a double against the Red V, 89 points, paid 45 minutes, four tackle busts, two offloads, bottom dollar at 173k, break even negative 50. Looks pretty good, but I, I see red flags with him, hey? There, there's a lot of depth at the Broncos there. Payne Haas named back up for the Broncos this week following Origin. Uh, just not sure he gets the minutes there, doesn't play around 17. He's a pretty popular buyer. What are your thoughts on him? No, I think I think uh, the time for Rabadi is <laughs> would have been last week, obviously. But yeah, I think there's better players that you have to trade in at this point in time than worrying about cheapies for a quick 100, 150, 200k price rise. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Unless they're guys who you know, you know, could potentially be holds for the season. But he's just got auto emergency nightmare written over him for the rest of the season. He very well maybe maybe a prodigy, might be a gun, might make. 400 grand and just be a star who starts but a lot of ifs and buts and question marks around that so uh unless you're really desperate for quick money i don't think Rabadi's the buyer that we think he is there uh mate luke thompson is a bloke we've spoken about for a while now as around 14 by at the doggies rock solid consistent scoring solidly without much of a ceiling plays around 17 is do you like him or not yeah i i think he's quite good actually i I'm actually considering getting him in for Jai Arrow because I think I really have to get rid of Arrow or maybe even Ricky as well. Those guys just aren't cutting it. Um, Arrow's just not getting minutes at South and he's got Origin as well. Uh, Ricky, I don't even know if he'll be back, to be honest. So, yeah, I think Thompson might be the dude that I have to trade in. And I think he's quite a solid player as well. Um, he's getting 
60, 70 in base, which is exactly what you need for that second buy round. Mate, I just can't bring myself to bring in a Bulldogs player. Uh, I know it's irrelevant that he's at the Bulldogs because he's playing in the forwards. He's a man of all base. Uh, there's been nothing fluky or irregular about his scoring this season. 559K, break even 65, averaging 70, averaging 59 points per game, 57 base per game. Mate, I've said it time and time again, I'm just not... I just don't think he's got any ceiling there. I know he scored a try the other week and, and hit 90-odd, which is pretty solid. I know there's not a lot of uh, front row options that probably have massive ceilings outside of TPJ. He's just a very boring buy. Very Aiden Tolman 2.0 for me, Des. Yeah, he is, but there's just not that much um, hanging around for that round 17 buy. And I think the 70 points will be quite valuable and you could just hold him to the end as a backup player. Um that's that's what I plan on doing. Mate, Corey Harawira Naira. I got on him uh, humble brag time. Got on him at 300K before his first price rise. Was questionable at the time. I certainly wasn't confident about it. Took a little bit of a gamble. He's up to 464K now. The Raiders play around 17, break even of 19. So you don't necessarily have to go on him this week, but probably is the time to go if you're keen. Averaging 64 for the season. Mate, not overly renowned for his base, uh, basing 45 this season, but his last three games for the Raiders, basing 55 points per game, and I thought he was their best on ground against the Roosters in, in the crook loss to him last start. CHN, an option for you, or is there too many question marks over job security on the entire Raiders side? No, no, I, I got on CHN the same time as you, mate. Uh, hey. Down at that 300K. I, I think, yeah, he's he's one of the highest ceiling um, second rowers for this second buy round, and Anyone who isn't getting him is going to be uh, death riding him. He can he can go a hundred plus, so I think that's crucial for this buy round. Mm, I like him too, mate. He's certainly not a must have, but uh, not begrudging anyone who wants to bring him in because uh, I'm I'm very happy to own him, and he's one of them players that I'd love having him at pod status, and I don't want people getting him in, mate. After <clears throat> I, I probably didn't chat about it too much on the potty last week, but. After digging further and further into the uh, the fixtures and when people were backing up from Origin, etc., I flipped and went Tommy Turbo to Clint Gutherson, which paid off so far. So the question now is, well, I mean, Turbo's been named to back up from Origin, but the way I saw it as of last week was that he was going to play two of the next six games because I can't see how you back him up two days after Origin, Origin 1 and Origin 3, mainly you're on the two-day backup man, that's got to be a risk for a bloke who, if he gets injured, that's your season gone. Uh, I might be wrong. Maybe he plays one of the two games on the quick backup. But, man, you're in the top six now. I don't think it's a risk they need to take. Would you still be selling Turbo or, uh, in a hypothetical, Teddy, who a lot sold last week? If Teddy isn't named to back up this week come game day, would you still sell Turbo or Teddy or was it a case of last week was the time? I think last week was the time. Mm. Um, yeah, I... I also did the Turbo to Gutho trade. Um, it just made sense, and Gutho's draw is really easy. So I, I could see why people would want to sell if they did hold um, to chase Gutho, but I think you've just missed the boat by a week, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, I think so as well, and mainly because of the draw more than anything. I mean, even if Tommy does miss this week, you only have to go as far as next week where they play the Titans, who... Manly, looking back, he, he put his record Supercoach score of 191 or something on them a couple of years. 194, I think it was. So they play the Cowboys this week where if he does play, he could go huge. Then next week, the Titans. Then he plays the Bulldogs uh, before the round 17 bye where well, he'll be on origin duty. Um, so, gee, I mean, not only him for those Titans-Dogs game, he's going to be a horror, horror show to watch. So... I'm with you. I think I'd probably be holding uh, if I still held through last weekend. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it's a tough one to go with there. Mate, Jerome Luai, you jumped on at a crook time, did not pan out for you. He's down to, what, 440-odd K. The way I see Luai, whether he backs up or not, he's still a guy that as a non-owner, and I planned on getting him in, getting him in for weeks and weeks, that he scares me not to own him. Uh, and I think he's dropped so much cash that if I did own, I'd be holding because I think the value is gone. What are you doing with Jerome Luai? Yeah, absolutely have to hold. Um, it's just pointless selling him for 440k. 
I think most people would have bought him um, maybe a little earlier than me. But um, yeah, if you're going to pay 500, 600K for him, you're not selling him at 440K at a loss, um, especially when he, you already know that he's rocks or diamonds. He's going to score 20 or 30 or he's going to score 120. It's just Lua. He'll come good eventually, I'd say. Mm, I reckon he will too. Uh, mate, a bloke who I've owned all season and a bloke that plenty will be trading Jerome Luai to is Cody Walker, who, I mean, the bunny's time is now. Uh, they've got an excellent draw coming up. Cody Walker missed out on origin selection. He'll be calling the shots. So get a load of this run of games. They've got the Knights, the Broncos, the Tigers, the Cowboys, Bulldogs, Warriors, and Dragons. They play round 17. As it stands, Cody's outside the origin frame. Mate, he's been rock solid this season without getting that big score that's eluded him. He's only 533K. Outside of his 16 against the Storm, which I basically disregard score, uh, Supercoach scores against the Storm because they're just so damn good defensively. All his scores have been between 52 and 95. Nothing bad, nothing big. Mate, I, I think the next month is where Cody goes big. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, he's probably the dude I'm going to be trading in this week, in all honesty. Um I uh, yeah, I've got Luai and Dewey there, so if I'm not selling Luai, I have to sell Dewey. Unfortunately, I did sort of want to keep Dewey because he was looking okay, but he's just not scoring that well um, at centre. Unfortunately, so I think I'll be bringing in Cody and hoping he uh, turns it on for us. Yeah, because the the Tigers do have that brutal draw, which we've spoken about time and time again. Between now and round sixteen, then they'll have the buy around seventeen. So you've got to work out if you cash in on Adam Dewey. I probably would be if I was an owner, uh, but again, certainly not an urgent sort of sell there. Unfortunately, Dane Gagai wasn't named to back up from Origin this week because he's a guy that I was keen on as a pod. Uh, the more popular buy this week is Alex Johnston, who. With that run of games, he, he's the perfect player, Desi, I think, and the Spies spoken about it all season. Spies started the season with him as your fifth centre wing to play based on matchup because on the end of that back line, mate, there's going to be a lot of tries in it for him. And then we should be getting towards the stage where we have enough depth in our CT dub where we have a fifth or a sixth gun centre winger where we don't have to play him for the gun matchups. Uh, are you eyeing off Alex Johnston or not? Um. I actually think the better pod play would be Daniel Tupo now that he's not uh, in the Origin team. I, I think his uh, base is slightly better than, or significantly better actually, than Alex Johnson. Um, and he has just as high a ceiling. So I think, yeah, uh, if if you were going to back anyone to go on a try scoring run, it could be Tupo over AJ. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I, I'm aiming to get both of them into my team for round 17. I'm going on AJ for a few reasons. He's got a break-even of, I think it's about three. Tupu averaging 63 for the season, 32 base per game. Like He's got one of the best bases for a winger in Supercoach. It's excellent. A question with him is the Roosters have a really tough run coming up. You know, If Teddy doesn't play for him this week, that's a little bit of an issue. Um, but again, the fact that they play around 17 – I want to wait until round 17 because Tupu's also a huge chance of coming into origin for round 17 if Brian To'o doesn't perform there or, you know, Josh Adokar gets injured or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. After this week, they have games against the Panthers and the Storm, which are going to be really, really tough for scoring uh, two, the two best defences in the NRL, basically. So, mate, I'm going to wait until round 17 for Tupu. Does that uh, make you a little bit hesitant or are you backing his base and maybe the odd try to go early on him? Yeah, I think it's a, a, a solid pod play. Um, like mm. you said, a lot of people would be having the same mindset as you on that. Uh, it's a tough draw, so well, maybe I'll, I'll wait on him. But yeah, I think the pod play is to get him now before mm. everyone else. And as you said, Alex Johnson's going to be very popular this week. His base is about 18 or 17, a really, really poor base. So he does rely on attacking stats. Uh, so you're putting a lot of faith in the Bunnies to to come good as they did against the Eels the other week uh, to get him in your side. Mate, let's talk about a few people that have to go. Uh, and we start with the two. I'm sick of talking about these two, to be honest. It's every week and it takes up a big chunk of the show because there's so many question marks over them. Mitch Barnett, Connor Watson. What are, you, what are we doing for them two? Uh, I sold Barnett <laughs> My, uh, a couple of months ago, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's... In fact, I actually had him as my antipod play for this week. You could actually go against the grain and keep Barnett around while everyone else sells him. 
<laughs> but I think oh. the time to sell him was probably five weeks ago when I sold him, and selling him for 400k now is just ridiculous. Uh, you may as well hold him and keep him for second row forward depth and sort of just wait for his price to go up again, I, I think. I see a lot of people just rushing to sell him, and I think it's just a really vanilla move and unnecessary in a lot of cases for a lot of teams. I think mm-hmm. Barnett still has potential. He's been quite unlucky when you actually watch him just a, a couple of errors and offloads not going his way. He could easily have averaged 60 or 70 over that period instead of 40 or 50. Mm. Mate, still 460K, so give him a bit of a break. Uh, look, I, I can seriously see why you'd be looking to sell him if you did own him. He just... The minutes haven't quite been there for him. I'm holding for the time being at this stage just because I've got more pressing trades. And as you said, he's not a worry for me, Barnett. He's a worry when you have to play him in your 17 each week. But at this stage, I don't have to play him in my 17 each week going forward because I've set myself up well enough depth-wise. Just 54 minutes last week, 55 the week before, mid-40s the three weeks before that. So the minutes just aren't there. Mate, what about Connor Watson who played 60 minutes, came off the bench on the weekend and played 60 straight? I mean, I feel like that's possibly his role going forward. Twenty Coming off the bench, 20th minute and playing 60 straight, what are you doing with Watson? Yeah, I think if that's the case and that is his uh, role moving forward and he does get those 60 minutes, he's going to average 60-plus points. So I have no no qualms in holding Watson. Um, I, I've always uh, said Watson will probably outscore Braley if that's the case, if he does get those 60 minutes. And I think Braley even got maybe hooked for the last 10 minutes this week, Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I think I'd be selling still Braley over Watson. Mm. I just think, look, I think they're both probably sells. I think Watson's a sell first because of his minutes. Uh, but, look, you can go Watson to Cody Walker for not a lot of money. So, I mean, that's a pretty savvy trade for me this week. So, I mean, not an urgent trade, Connor Watson, but if you can get Cody Walker in for him, I think you're, you're on the right uh, the right mark there. Mate, time to go for Charlie Staines. Uh, we spoke about Adam Dewey. How about uh, how about just quickly Charlie Staines' unicorn points on the weekend? Went from 9 to 28. I think you got a line break or something after updates. Seriously. Yeah, no, I've... Uh, the Penrith flicked, unicorns. I flicked Charlie Staines in about week two, so I haven't really been watching him too closely. Uh, I've been watching him getting a uh, pile driven out um, into the touchline as he tries to dive over from about five meters out every time. Gets smashed by about three defenders. Uh, yeah, he's he's just uh, he's not he's not a uh, not there not there yet. Not in that a ride quality. that I'm so happy to jump off. We we had our good memories, me and Charlie. Uh, but gee, there were some rough ones. But to see him update from nine to twenty six was so relieving on the weekend. I mean, as it stands, he's 420K, so getting plenty of value out of him in the end, but average 45, he just, what a tough ride that was to be, to be on. Um, mate, where are we up to? Let's jump on to our, well, actually, firstly, a word from the sponsor. Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Adam DeRussi, CEO and founder, talk about blokes on a run. Ads went huge again on the weekend. Uh, after giving a lip to him all season, Ads is into – he's actually beaten both of us now. He's into 1,400th overall, uh, and he's saved a few trades lately as well. So he's on a tear. Anyway, Quantum Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, if you are interested in that, hit us up with a message. We can give you some more details on that. Mate, let's get on to our pod and antipod plays. Mine have both changed since the teams dropped just because of all the madness that was going on there. What have you got for us? Yeah, I had uh, Daniel Tupo as my pod play. Um, I just think he could go on a massive try-scoring tear um, despite the um, tough games over the next couple of weeks. I think, yeah, missing Origin, he'll have a bit of uh, fire about him. And it's just, yeah, whether you want to sell someone like Dane Laurie or Stephen Crichton, in my case, to get him in is the big question. Um, and for the antipod, yeah, I said to uh, keep Mitch Barnett around, let everyone else sell him. Um, it's just, I feel like it's a waste of a trade. Hmm. Mate, my my pod was Dane Gagai over Alex Johnston. Um, I'm going to stick to the Bunnies team, and it's a bloke that I haven't heard a lot of talk about him just yet. Well, at all, basically, but it's a pod cheapie. I like nothing more than a pod cheapie in Supercoach, and it is winger Tane Milne. 
So he's got his job security issues, but he's 187K, break even of negative 10, playing this week, obviously. Job security issues are there, is the question mark. But round 17 is the big one that we want him for. Um, Bunnies look like they'll still have a pretty good side come then, although they do have a few key members out. Um, Tane, I mean, if you can just chuck a few tries on the end of that back line, granted he's on the right edge. You want him on the left edge at the Bunnies. Mate, pod cheapy. He'll play around 17. It goes against what I've said sort of all year in, in getting guys with job security who you want in the back end of the year to come in and fill holes uh, when you have injuries and suspensions and all those sort of things adding up. Would you be interested in Tane Mill, mate? I'm just not all that interested in the Bunnies other than Cody, mm. I guess. Uh, I think without Cam Murray there, because uh, he'll be missing 17, right? Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, they play the Cowboys in 17. I I think they'll win, but without Cam Murray there, he's just, just he's so critical to their go forward, and these these wingers just can't get any attacking ball if they're not getting go forward. So I'm still quite hesitant on South Sydney players um, after having Arrow as well for a while. I'm just yeah, I'm a bit turned off from I think Wayne Bennett's losing his marbles a little bit. So I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on any of the Bunnies players yet. Well, I mean, that's one thing, isn't it? It's an antipod play in its own is I think people are loading up on Bunny or expected to load up on Bunny's players over the next month or so for round 17. But, you know, if you, you know, take your approach and say, you know what, I'm not convinced by the Bunnies, let's be realistic. Yeah, they had a really good win against the Eels uh, the week before Origin. Uh, the week before that, 56, the Panthers put on them. Uh, that was basically with their full strength team minus Cam Murray. I think the week before that, they... How they go there? They knocked off the Sharkies pretty unconvincingly. Week before that, the Storm put fifty on them. So you know, antipod play in its own, mate. My antipod play is just selling Dane Laurie this week. It's it's not something that I personally need to do because I've got Charlie Staines there, Blake Ferguson who who can go first. But Dane Laurie's not a bloke I want to play in the next four weeks, basically, or three weeks before that Origin three, uh, the next bye week. Tigers have games against the Eels, the Storm, and the Bunnies. Then they have the bye. So not going to be playing in my 17 for the next four weeks, basically, or hoping not to. What are your thoughts on going early on Dane Laurie, or do you see him just sitting there as a fifth centre wing for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm probably just going to hold Dane Laurie to the end. He's averaging in the 60s, which is – it's he's actually averaging more than Noffo. So I feel like Noffo has to go before Laurie for me. He just 28 points on the weekend. A lot of people would have been expecting more from Nofo in that buy round. He's just not producing like he was um, last year. So I don't know. I think Laurie can stay over Nofo. Mm, mate, I Nofo Nofo's a guy. There were three blokes that I I was really keen on on the Tuesday podcast, and and apologies to those who followed me on it. But it was Justin Olam, it was Bradman Best, and it was David Nofalumi in no particular order. Um, for whatever reasons, they mind changed late in the week, and I didn't end up going with them. There might have been injuries or other trades that forced my hand. I know the Olam one was ended up going Nico Hines over him, which just made plenty of sense on, on further reflection. Um, <laughs> Nofa just, I thought when Adam Dewey got moved, we had a chat about it a few weeks ago, actually, you and me, Desi, but I thought when Dewey went to the right edge uh, with Luciano Leiluard, it's just going to get more ball to Nofa, and I thought, yep, here we go. Mate, move to the left edge, uh, the less popular edge of the Tigers. It's just just hasn't been his season, has it? No, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure about being outside of uh, Luciano. In fact, I, I don't think uh, he's he's one to pass the ball. Mm. I don't think he's passed it in the last couple of weeks that I've been watching him. But Luciano was, yeah, he was a good pickup for people that um, got on him. Uh, but yeah, I think Nofo is yeah he's going to struggle. He's only averaging sixty and. He scored about like ten tries still, which is just yeah, it's not not good enough for someone of his quality. He's still mm-hmm. tackle busting. He's still making a lot of runs, but the points just aren't coming. Not not the big sort of eighties and nineties that we saw last season from him constantly. Mm, for sure, man. I mean, it, it's a mark of how good he is when he's averaging sixty. And we're saying, yeah, just not his season. Like not happening for him. He's scoring tries, but dad, uh, that is not for this season. Mate, let's jump on to our round 14 trades and skippers, which are going to be a little bit tough, particularly this week, because we don't know what's happening from Origin. We don't know who's backing up. But, mate, run us through your thoughts for the time being. Yeah, I'm not absolutely certain on trades, but, yeah, I do like uh, the look of Dewey to Cody Walker. Um, 
considering he is playing that second buy round and Souths do have that nice run like we've talked about. Um, he's just due to hit form sooner or later. So I think Cody's he's going to be instrumental to them winning games. So I think if Souths, if you do back Souths to sort of win those games, Cody's going to go big. Uh, the second trade, I'm thinking of, yeah, doing Stephen Crichton to Daniel Supo. I think uh, Crichton's gone quite cold over the last couple of weeks um, and probably won't see any great sacking ball, especially if uh, some of those uh, Penrith players get rested over the next month or two. And I think I'll just do the VC on Cody and probably see on Nico Hines as well. Mm, nice, mate. Uh, at this stage, I said, subject to change. Uh, Charlie Staines to Alex Johnston for me. And then, uh, again, pending what happens, but if Teddy doesn't back up from origin and via that reason or other reason that Suwali ends up getting into the 17 for the Roosters, uh, it'll probably be Fergo to Suwali. I think I can probably lock in Staines to AJ. The Fergo to Suwali one, that one's a little bit more up in there. Just for anyone who does have a few pressing issues this week, Charlie Staines, because he did score 80-odd, 90-odd the week before last, his break-even is only about 40. So that's not a trade you have to force this week. It can wait a week if you do need to do it. However, I'll probably just cut ties with him straight away. And then Suwali, you know, again, probably goes against my philosophy of of depth in the squad because he may not play that many games in the back end of the year, but you're playing in a gun rooster side. He's probably one injury away from being a starter every week. The extra number around 17, bottom dollar, so he'll free up cash. Looks pretty hard to pass up. And my skippers, a bit boring, Desi, but I think I'm probably with you. VC Cody at this stage and C, Nico Hines. Uh, The other option would be if Nathan Cleary does play, could VC him against the Sharks and then Captain Cody Walker, which fraught with a little bit of danger, but I'm backing the bunnies to, to fire there. Mate, let's hook into a few questions before we wrap it up this week. And the first one is from Dan O'Connell. He says, Saab, trade or keep for round 17? His scores without Turbo aren't great. They're not great at all, actually. They're freaking horrible without Turbo on his side this year. And he has 100-plus break even. Turbo likely going to miss some games, you'd think. So tough to hold on to the Saab. Would you be holding Saab through to 17, Desi, or would you be cashing in now? It's a good question. Uh, I think I would be holding him. I I think I'm going to hold him personally. I have him. So I'm in the same predicament, but yeah, I think he's he's definitely going to lose cash. Um, there's no two ways about it. You're going to lose 100k on him, but he's a buy number, and that's that's very important at this point. Mm. I'm with you, mate. I know it's not ideal that Tommy will miss a few games, and, and you know, particularly round 17, where you know where you you'll obviously be playing sub that week. Um, but I, I just think. I was going to sell him last week and cash in uh, before uh, before the, the major bye weekend, uh, but the Reed Marnie news of getting dropped from the Queensland squad back to NRL meant that I ended up holding Saab. Having held him now, I'm just going to hold him for that round 17 buy number as well. Mate, Jared Watson has a question. He has a few options. Should I trade Burton to Cody Walker, Staines to Alex Johnston, or Stefano to TKO, who's bottomed out in price. Mate, you know a little bit about TKO this season, don't you? Yeah, no, I wouldn't be jumping on TKO, not at this point. You could wait till the last minute. I'd probably do Burton to Cody, to be honest. Um, I know Burton's looking real good. Uh, he was actually he was close to blanking, wasn't he? Um, I, was, I was watching him intently because I didn't own him. And I think he was only on about two at halftime. And he somehow mm. scraped 60-odd, so... You know, Burton has the capacity to go very low. Um, so does Cody, albeit. But I think, yeah, with that south draw, you you should uh, pull the trigger on that on that one. It's a it's a tough one. I'd, I mean, Staines to AJ looks excellent because, I mean, you can. I mean, the idea of having just you know, but the idea of having Burton and AJ in your team as opposed to Staines and Walker is pretty enticing. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to play Staines though. That's true. And, yeah, I mean, if you're going Burton to Walker, I'd be looking to go Staines to AJ next week. Stefano, after his good score, you know, has to go in the next week or two, but not going to leak cash. It doesn't have to be an urgent one. TKO, meh, just hasn't figured this year. Not goal kicking, no. Question, uh, you've touched on this one earlier in the year, Desi, from Mike Rokey. 
I'm thinking having strong reserve backs is better than having strong reserve forwards this year. Agree or am I beyond help? No, yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, I think ceilings are more important than ever in Supercoach, as we found out. It's just some players averaging 100 plus. Uh, it's just absurd. So I think, yeah, the forwards, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be 60s and 70s. Even Payne Haas, uh, he used to be the best player in Supercoach, and now he's just averaging 70, which is good. But there's, there's uh, center wings who are averaging more than him, like Brian Toa, which is just unheard of. What a crazy year it's been. And I agree. I think uh, ideally this season in the end of the run home, let's say a hypothetical that you don't have too many uh, blokes out of your team through injury, rest, whatever, and you've got a relatively full squad to pick from. I mean, you're going to want a fullback as a reserve. You're probably going to want a 5'8 as a reserve, probably a halfback as a reserve, pending who that matchup is. And then at the end of the day, probably a hooker, um, you know, your spine positions. They're the ones scoring big, hooker to a lesser degree, but still a pretty vital position. But I think you're one, six, and seven are your big ones. Uh, and then you're probably fourth bench player you can pick between, you know, who you've got available and on that given week. But, I mean, that's the way the game is. It's all about chasing ceilings, particularly if you want to win Supercoach. Head-to-head players can maybe be a little bit more conservative, but uh, as we keep saying, it's all about those ceilings. Question from Jacko Fall. He says, Cody Walker, he'd be upgrading from Connor Watson or Tohu, who would be upgrading from Mitch Barnett. Which one's more important this week? Cash doesn't permit both this week. So, Desi, Watson to Walker or Barnett to Tohu this week? I'd be doing Watson to Walker, hands down. I, I just don't see the urgency in trading out Barnett. Everyone's doing it. Uh, Tohu's still got a high break even. You can wait on him. He's not going to cripple you with a ceiling, whereas Cody Walker could absolutely cripple you with a 150, whereas Tohu's just not going to do that. Mm. Mate, uh, one for, from your good mate, uh, Mr. Positivity himself, Cyril Jenkinson, running with Watson and Simpkin at hooker. I'm really struggling to work out who is the man to have right now. Very difficult call, leaning towards Cook thoughts. So, I mean, I suppose Cyril's asking, who's your number one hooker target this week or in the next couple of weeks? Um, and I mean, mate, your thoughts on Damian Cook? He's been named to back up for Origin. Who have you got there? Yeah, uh, I think Cook and Harry Grant are going to be your uh, two hookers for the run home. I've always said that. Uh, Simpkin and Watson, yeah, he's he's in a bit of a predicament there. I was running those two as well until I bought the cheese last week. Um, there's really not many two like fantastic hookers for the second buy round, so. Uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, I think it wouldn't be a bad move just getting in Cook and Grant ASAP and running running those two and just foregoing a, a second hooker for the uh, round 17. Yeah, I think your, your other option is just waiting a week on Harry Grant, who's off the bench this week, likely plays limited minutes. He's 598K, so you may or may not get a little bit of a price drop there, but play Watson this week who potentially should score half a ride if he gets his 55, 60 minutes again. Uh, and then just sort your money out so that you can flip Simpkin to Harry Grant for me. I think that's probably the trade. Uh, if you need the number this week, importantly, you know, maybe Cook. But how many minutes does Cook play uh, after Origin as well? So a bit of a tough one there for you, Cyril. But, yeah, I think Harry Grant is very high on my list. Desi, Max Smart. I've got the cash for Barnett to both IPAP or Tohu. Normally we'd prioritise Tohu for the buy coverage, but the way this season is going, I'm not sure I'm better off just getting the higher ceiling guy. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, definitely get Tohu. IPAP's sort of hit the brakes, hasn't he, over the last few weeks. He's only playing 55, 60 minutes now, and his ceiling goes down significantly when he moves from the edge back to the middle where he's playing half the game now. So I think Tohu's definitely a man. Mm. Yeah, look, I look. If I had to choose one for the run home, I'd prefer IPAP for the reason you've listed, Max, and that's just his ceiling. Uh, despite the fact that Torhu plays eighty pretty well every week, and as Desi touched on, Torhu sort of regressed back to the sixty minutes he played earlier in the season with uh, Mado fully on deck. But again, as I said Torhu eighty every week. He's playing round seventeen. IPAP, they've both got high break evens actually, but I just think I'd be locking in that uh, round seventeen number. 
Desi, I've jumped on Tohu a few weeks before the buy. Uh, you jumped on him maybe the week before the buy. Is there a bloke in Supercoach that you've you just you don't have to check his score during the game or anything before or after? You just know he's scoring between sixty and ninety, probably sixty and eighty as well. He's just like so rock solid, isn't he? Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it, honestly. Oh. I, I've never owned him in the past, but yeah, I, it was time to definitely get on him this year. I think he'll be a keeper to the end. No, oh, absolutely. So what have you got? He has a low score of 58. He only has three scores under 70. Uh, that is just the model of consistency in Supercoach. So, mate, seriously, good one. Um, oh, before I forgot as well. I forgot to mention it in the team news, but Reese Walsh out of the Warriors side, so he must have a niggling injury. He's out of the squad entirely. So uh, he was actually looked like a pretty decent buy this week, but uh, obviously that's not going to happen. He had a negative eight break, even 530K. What it does do is allow people with more pressing issues who are keen on him to potentially make the trade next week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, last question from Luke Richardson, Desi. He asks, how to get Fafida slash Tohu in. He said he already has Maddo, Angus Crichton, Tupanua, CHN, and Curran. He wants to hold the last three for round 17. So does he sell Madison or does he sell Angus Crichton to get Fifi or Tohu in? Oof, that's a tough Jesus, one. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maddo came off, I think, for the last 10 minutes of uh, the buy round. So I, I don't know. I don't have Maddo yet. I don't have Angus either. I've don't have either of them, but I'd probably sell Maddo before Angus. Uh, yeah, it's a really tough one, and I'd definitely be getting Fafita over Tohu, um, mm. um, despite Tohu playing the bye and Fafita not. But, yeah, I think I'd have to sell Maddo to Fafita if I was in his position. Yeah, look, I, I'd be getting Fifi for sure as well, but, I mean, I touched on it with his massive break, even potentially less minutes this week. I think he's probably more one for next week. I wouldn't be getting rid of Madison or Angus Crichton. I held on to Angus through his suspension. Um, Maddo, Maddo's on a tear at the moment. He's really, really good on the weekend, playing big minutes again. Uh, you know, the the head's been good, which is, is the big thing for, for Maddo and his super coach owners. Look, you've listed six, uh, sorry, five back rowers there. You've got six spots in the back row. I know ideally you probably want a dual second row front rower there, but, mate, I'd be, I'd be maybe trying to find a way to turn that the extra player in your back row into Fifi or, or Tohu because, yeah, I wouldn't be selling Maddo or Angus. But anyway, mate, that's, uh, look, not a bad position to be in. You're absolutely stacked there, so happy days. Uh, Desi, mate, uh, without uh, any assistance, you've been you've been very big today. Uh, always a pleasure, Timmy. Up the blues. Mate, up those mighty blues. Let's get a win up and get this series off to a good start. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in, guys.